You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome to your Wednesday. It's Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette. 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Matt Miguez here. What a night for the Houston Astros, or as they were referred to on social media, the Houston Blastros. Five home runs in an inning, six total, 13 to four over the Boston Red Sox. We'll dive into all of that and so much more in this special, only one hour edition of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh due to the Astros game this afternoon at 5.10. Producer extraordinaire slash co-host with the most, James Mesh, joins me. James, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm all right. Yeah, I know. You're, you're a little down in the dumps today, but that's okay. That's okay. You, you, your Celtics lost. They Well, they didn't lose. They collapsed. That third um, quarter was awful. But hey, it's game one. It's game one. I mean, I mean, it is a little hard to kind of make the transition from one series to another within two days. But still, seeing that first half, man, yeah, it, it looked good, and then the final couple minutes of it, it was like it was okay, and then third quarter just total collapse. Oh yeah, no, I get it, I get it. But again, like I told you earlier, they're playing the first two in Miami. If you split, and you go back to Boston and take care of business in Boston, you're fine. You just got to win the next one. Heaton four. <laughs> he he's it, they lose one game and James Mesh is just he's he's done. He's given up all hope. No, I haven't. Oh my gosh. I, I haven't actually. We're gonna talk about Astros baseball. We're gonna talk about LSU baseball. How about nineteen to six over Northwestern last night? Cajuns getting a win over Nichols as well, six to one. We'll dive into that with Jay Walker at four thirty, a day a day early. Uh for Cajuns corner. Today's poll question, it's an interesting one. So last night was the NBA draft lottery, which has been in place for, I want to say they said it was the 38th annual. So it's been around for a while. So here's the question. Would you like to see the NFL have a similar lottery like the NBA? Do you think it's a great idea? Do you think it's kind of cool? Or do you think that's just downright dumb? So far, 28% of you say great idea, 28% of you say kind of cool, and 43% of you say that's dumb. And looks like we got a comment from Ton. I mean, it's already pretty well based on record, but a lottery might cause owners slash coaches to stop tanking year after year. No reason the same team should have number ones multiple years in a row and still be garbage. He's talking to you, Saxonville. Ton gets it. Ton understands. Duval. Still don't get that. I don't either. I don't, it's I don't, just fun to say Duval. Well, I I yeah, but what I don't know. I don't I don't know. I, I need, I'm I not need, from Jacksonville. I need a Jacksonville Jaguars fan to tell me the, the story behind that. Let's also go ahead and do our downtown rising trivia question of the day. Who was the LSU star that was named the most outstanding player of the nineteen ninety one College World Series? 
Two tickets to Downtown Rising for the first person to call the hotline, 706-0111, with the correct answer. Who was the LSU star that was named the most outstanding player in the 1991 College World Series? You only get one guess. One guess per caller. So if you get it wrong, you can try again tomorrow, but not today. Keep that in mind. So other things that we need to talk about, and it pertains to the Astros, Jake Odorizzi getting hurt Monday night looked a lot worse than it may have been due to him getting stretchered off the field. But I have a tweet from Chandler Rome that says he spoke with Jake Odorizzi today and it appears that the Astros are going to get a a best-case scenario. It says Jake Odorizzi said he feared he ruptured his Achilles tendon, but an MRI revealed only some strains and sprains of other ligaments around the ankle-slash-foot. Odorizzi will return this season and said this is the best-case scenario. A timeline is unclear, but Odorizzi is off of crutches. So that's great news for the Astros because if you look at it, Justin Verlander, Framber Valdez, Luis Gonzalez, Jose Urquidy, if you keep Jake Odorizzi healthy, Christian Javier, and then you bring back Lance McCullers, you've got seven starters in a five-starter rotation. I mean, think about that. Most MLB teams are lucky to have five solid starters. The Astros would have seven when you get McCullers and Odorizzi back. That is massive for the Astros to not lose Odorizzi long-term. Looking at the lineup for the Astros tonight, no Alex Bregman. Bregman getting the day off. Michael Brantley will bat second in left field. Litmus Diaz will take Bregman's place at third. Alvarez in his normal four spot at DH. King Tuck, Kyle Tucker, right field. He'll bat sixth. Kyle Tucker had a hell of a game last night. I mean, if you look at it, he went, he had the the home run in the second inning and then came back around in the fourth with a grand slam. Six RBIs, tied a career high last night. You also had home runs in the second inning from Alvarez, Pena, a three-run shot from Brantley, and a two-run shot from Gurriel. And then again, like I said, you come in the fourth with the Tucker Grand Slam. In the fourth inning, the Astros were leading 13-3. to And if you look at the numbers, Nathan Avaldi really wanted to have a good night against his childhood team. And he got through the first inning in only five pitches. Felt confident about himself. Felt like he was rolling. Felt like he was going to have a good night. But then the Astros pounded him in the second. It was a nine-run inning, five home runs, tied the MLB record for most home runs in an inning. Evaldi, his final line reads as such, one and two-thirds innings, eight hits, nine runs, six of them earned, five home runs, over 39 pitches. And then also, if you think about it, 
from another angle, it was a great night for Jeremy Pena. Jeremy Pena grew up in Rhode Island, played his college baseball at Maine, and then last night was the first time actually getting to play at Fenway Park for Pena. And what does he do? Knocks a home run over the Green Monster. Pretty, pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool stuff. James, let me ask you this. Tonight is going to start game one of the Western Conference Finals. Golden State and Dallas. What do you think about that? Golden State, Dallas, man. I think the fact, I feel like this should kind of happen maybe the same way that it does last night with the Celtics, where maybe they have a good first half, the Mavs, and you maybe catch the Warriors sleeping to start off. But then the second half, that's when Golden State wakes up and they take over since they did have a little more rest and they had an extra day or two to kind of be prepared. So I I think Golden State takes the early game lead. So you think Golden State wins tonight? Yes. Okay. Well, that that wouldn't surprise me considering they are playing at home. Yep. Um, For the most part, everybody's healthy other than Gary Payton. Dallas has no injuries listed on the injury report. So that's encouraging. I I could see where you're coming from, though, because if you think about it, Dallas has a lot of playoff inexperience. I mean, yeah, they because they 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 haven't gotten to this level since 2011, right? That, that's what I'm saying. Luke Luca's never played in a conference final. That's a different that's a different beast than you know the conference semifinals. It's just it's a different ballpark, and so maybe maybe there's going to be some rust, maybe there's going to be some some inexperience. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, what happens there. I'm really excited to see that series because again, you know, Luca, the the young prodigy that has put on shows time and time again against the Splash Brothers, who have also put on shows time and time again. Which superstar is going to overcome this? Which superstar is going to make the NBA Finals? I just also find it hard to fathom one star, a one-man show being better than a three-man show. And that's that's very true. However, we talked about this yesterday. The Warriors have made a lot of mistakes. They have. They definitely have. In this have. postseason. Watching that Grizzlies game, game five and six, I mean, they were just kind of throwing anything up there, mm-hmm. whether they were contested or not. Have they done that before? Yeah, but it, I just had a different feeling when it came to their shot selection because it was almost like they they just kind of were like, oh, I have to shoot this three. If Ja Morant doesn't get his knee hurt, Grizzlies, the Grizzlies win that series. They they have a very good chance of winning that series. They no win doubt. that series. And and you're looking at a totally different Western Conference Finals than, than you are right now. Um, the draft lottery last night, while we're on the topic of the NBA, the Orlando Magic getting the number one overall pick, Oklahoma City getting the second pick. The Kings were a little bit of a surprise. Nobody saw them entering the top four. Uh, so that was, that was intriguing to see the Pelicans will draft number eight. You've also got the Pistons at five, Pacers at six, Blazers at seven, 
Spurs at 9, Wizards at 10, Knicks at 11, Thunder appear, appear again at number 12, Hornets at 13, and the Cavs at 14. James, what do you want the Pelicans to do with that eighth pick? For me personally, I get it. You don't want to really mess up the the chemistry that you, I guess, had with her being in the starting lineup. But I feel like if you can get yourself an established point guard, someone like John Wall, get get someone like that. He doesn't have to have the ball in his hands 24-7, but it's someone that's almost like kind of like Derek White with the Celtics where it's like he can have the ball in his hands to start off, but it's ultimately a majority of the ball time is going to be in the hands of B.I., Zion, and CJ. Because... CJ said he, he he's played point guard. He will if he has to, but it's like that's not his most comfortable position. So it's like, okay, with Zion coming back, you could have point Zion, but how often is he gonna play? I think getting a sure. I think getting an established point guard that can handle the ball and control an offense, but not need to have it in his hands twenty four seven would be a move that I would look for. That doesn't surprise me. Um, also, getting another center because Jonas is thirty now. Yeah, you're gonna, so you're gonna have to. Your your backup because if you let's say you don't trade Jackson Ace, even then you have him at the as as a four. You don't even have him as a five. So your uh, your only other big man, if you're not gonna do a very small lineup, is gonna be Willie Hernan Gomez. I mean. Yeah. yeah, Willie Hernan Gomez. So it's like, do you really want that as your your second center? If say Jonas gets injured, I'd rather no. get, I'd rather get another center. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I also uh, agree with the people. So it's kind of tricky, right? Because you could see them. It's trading, a very weird situation. You could to be see in. them trading the pick for a vet. Yeah, which I like, but then at the same time. I like drafting another young guy on rookie money and just being good for years to come with young guys. I also like that aspect of it. So it's it's an interesting scenario, but here's here's one thing I want to uh, I want to tell you about this. Which the only thing that sucks about John Wall is this is his last year on his contract. But he'll be his base is forty seven million. Right. So that's the only right. thing that would suck. But it's like maybe af- if you, you can make afford a, that, maybe you can make a deal with you. You'd, be like, you'd hey, have to. Hey, you'd have to take like twenty five. Yeah, you'd have to. You're um, not doing anything. So now after last night, the Anthony Davis trade has officially closed. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is what the Pelicans got for it. The Pelicans have now received Brandon Ingram, C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance. And now the eighth overall pick for Anthony Davis. I like it. I like it. I mean, <laughs> you think <laughs> the Lakers got a championship, but it's like, I mean, how much do you really want and to count it? You got a championship in the bubble. That's what I'm saying. Now, like, how much do you really want to count that? And now you're the laughing stock of the NBA. Took a one year transition. The absolute laughing stock of the NBA. Oof. 
Anyways, if you want to see the Houston Astros in person, then listen up. The game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on the Chicago White Sox on June 18th, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, Lay Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Don't forget to call the hotline 706-0111 to answer the downtown rising trivia question of the day. Who was the LSU star that was named the College World Series most outstanding player in 1991? Take a time out when we return. We'll take your phone calls and so much more. You're listening to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, Jamesy, my buddy, you 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 still you reeling over there about about your Boston Celtics? I just I see it in your face. You you wanna you wanna try and say that you're okay, but I know you're not, and that's okay. It's okay to not be okay. Besides the disastrous third quarter, because. You got outscored thirty nine to fourteen. That's that's pretty disastrous. Um, what 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 went wrong for your boys? I mean, it was mainly that third quarter, but within that third quarter, just no one really wants to take care of the ball. Just lazy passes, lazy dribbling. It looked like they were half asleep with some of those passes. It's like, dude, you're just lobbing that thing up there. People like Jimmy Butler are gonna take that for lunch. That's a snack. Oh, he took he took a lot of y'all for lunch last night. Oh man! Wow, forty one points, twelve of nineteen shooting, seventeen of eighteen from the free throw line. He had nine boards, five assists, and four steals and three blocks. Jimmy did it all last night, dude. Yeah, I mean, as a team, the Heat had twelve blocks. I mean, Jesus. And in total, between the two teams, there was 20. Because the Celtics had eight themselves. Block party! It really was a block party. I was shocked to see that many blocks. I think what I, I think what I need to do now is... It's not a perfect record, but... Most of the time when I'm here in the studio watching the game, the full game, usually handle business. This man's dedicated. He wants to stay at work late. Y'all sometimes make me stay late, stay work late. Yeah, you know. So y- y- y'all don't help the cause. Yeah, you know. It wasn't my fault, man. It wasn't my fault. And you know it wasn't. I told yeah. you. I told you to do it multiple times and you didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Jason Tatum did score 29. He did, but with, 21 was in the first half. With eight boards and six assists and four steals. He had one bucket the second half. But he also had seven turnovers. That's not great. No. That's not great. Peyton, Peyton Pritchard's out here trying to 
yeah, shoot yeah, like he's Steph Curry. Let, let's talk about that. Oh, let's my. talk about that. You guys scored 18 points, which is fine. It took him like 20 shots to do that. Six of 16. <sighs> Look, he made some nice shots, but some the selection at some points. I mean, but but if if you're gonna get mad about six of 16, then you might want to talk to Jalen Brown about going seven for 17. Hey, Jalen. Jalen did him in the in the fourth quarter. He was the only one making stuff. Too little, too late, though. Yeah, I know. But that was because nobody was making anything in the third quarter. That's fair. That's fair. So everybody's like, oh, here you go, Jimmy. Here's another turnover for you. I don't want the ball. I don't want to score. I don't want this lead. <laughs> oh my god! I don't want to go to the NBA Finals and win a ring. Also... What the hell is in those rims? Did they like unscrew it? Because did you did you watch those buckets? Mm-mm. I swear, at least half of those baskets that they made were rattle ins. I was watching. It, I was it, watching it, 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 it had night. to. It had to rattle in. It wasn't. It's not that it was like a from the back of the rim or like a, just a straight swish. It would it would rattle or it, it would go. It would dance around the rim a little bit. Do a little toilet bowl sometimes. It was like. Dude, dude, everything's just going in for. Like, what's going on? It, it, it was weird because they were like 0 for 7 to start off, and then you just see 7 for 8, and it's like they can't miss. And it felt like every other shot or every third shot, it it was it was dancing or doing something with the rim. And it would just go in. I'm like, I don't understand. How, how are you doing this? What is, what's up with these Miami rims? Yeah, I mean that that happens sometimes, especially not you know, this often. Well, not maybe not this often, but what I, what I'm saying is I'm talking about the rims being loose. Maybe maybe the rims need to be changed. Maybe they planned on changing them this off season, and they're just who put a pillow on they're those? benefiting. Who put the a pillow on that rim? Hey, I, it's I don't know because there's no way Miami everybody on that team has shooter touch. Oh, well, I don't know. Uh, well, also. I don't know. Where did this Max Struess guy come from? Where the hell did he come from? Never heard of him in my life. He's a starter because Kyle Lowry's out. And then he's out here shooting 29-footers like it's nothing. He came from DePaul. Who Who are you? He came from DePaul. Who is DePaul? <laughs> the, the, the university. DePaul. Very rich basketball program. The Georgetown. The <laughs> Villanova. Okay. Man, don't don't hate. No, I'm hating. Don't don't hate on DePaul. Ain't no reason to hate on DePaul. The Blue Demons. They're in the Big East. They're they're a big time program. What he had? Twenty points? Twenty one? I didn't, I, don't, I didn't even look at the full score. He had eleven, but still, he was he. I think he had, he was like three for four or three for five, and and like two of the three were ridiculous shots. Also, Gay Vincent did it as well. He looked at the shot clock and was like, "Yeah, he had a, he had a whatever." Night. I'll just I'll shoot it from twenty nine as well. We're just we're just out here. We're we're Steph Curry. We watch Steph Curry highlights before this game. Hey man, some somebody got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> Apparently, okay. the whole Miami squad. Well, let's let's get to this. Why nobody wants these tickets to Downtown Rising? I don't know. Why you don't want free tickets? The, like it's it, it's like you don't want to go to a party. I mean, again, 
Cold, and you don't even have to pay for your fee. You got your Cold tickets. War Kids, Andy Frasco, Julian Prima. Like, I sing along to the Cold War Kids every time, every time plays. It's great music. It's free. There's going to be great food. Like, hit them with the question again. And all, all you got to do is answer this easy question: <laughs> Who was the LSU star that was named the College World Series Most Outstanding Player in 1991? Seven zero six zero one 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 is the hotline. First person to call in with the correct answer gets two free tickets to Downtown Rising. Only one, only one guess though today. You only get one guess per person. While we wait on that, the American Legion Post two seventy eight is hosting a membership drive car show this Saturday, May twenty first. The event will take place at the American Legion Hall Post one seventy eight at twenty seven eleven Highway three forty seven in Leonville. The show will feature three different classes, including antique, and pre-registration costs only $25. It's free to the public, and refreshments will be sold. For more information, contact Charles Taylor at 337-804-2757. Let's get an answer for that poll que- that trivia question during this timeout. Because when we return, the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Mr. Jay Walker, is going to join us for Cajuns Corner. A big win for the Cajuns last night over Nichols. Two home runs by Will Vaillant. Can they keep it rolling to that final Sunbelt series this weekend against Arkansas Little Rock? You're listening to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, and you. The Louisiana Raging Cajuns hosted the Colonels of Nichols State last night and took down Nichols 6-1. to one. The Cajuns scoring four runs in the sixth, and they got two more in the eighth. Nichols getting their lone run in the third off of a Dane Seymour home run to left field. You know, Austin Perrin started the game for Louisiana, pitched well, and in the third inning, just kind of hung a fastball a little too close to the middle of the plate. And Simon got a good bat on it and nailed it to the left field billboard, the old scoreboard, to make it one nothing. Nichols' defense kept a minute until the sixth. In the sixth, the Cajuns' offense came alive. Rockefeller ended up at third. Kyle DeBarge gets a sacrifice fly to center field to score Rockefeller, make it one to one. He Hood comes up with a RBI double to left center. Julian Brock sacrifice fly to score Hood, and then it became the Will Vaillant show. Will Vaillant nailed one to left center for another home run on the year to make it four to one, and then he would come back in the eighth and get a two run home run to make it six to one, and that would be your final score. For the game, pitching-wise for Louisiana, you got three innings out of Austin Perrin, one hit, one run, three Ks. Jeff Wilson came in and gave you two immaculate innings. No hits, no runs, no walks, no Ks. And then Chipper Menard coming in for the win. 
four innings, one hit, no runs, two walks, two strikeouts, and he with the with the win, he improves to five and one on the season. Carson Rockefort again just continuing his all American type season for Louisiana. Once again, sixteen home runs, nearly sixty five RBIs on the year. Just unreal numbers. Numbers that this program hasn't seen in a very, very long time. You know, if you look at it, he's got a batting average around right at 370, 67 base hits. He's got 10 doubles, three triples. Like I said, 16 home runs, 63 RBIs. If you look at the RBI numbers, the person that is closest to him is Connor Kimple with 35. So there is a massive gap in terms of the RBI numbers for this program. Carson Rockefort with a slugging percentage of 724 on base percentage of 432 and an OPS of 1.156. The win last night brings the Cajuns to 31 and 20, 17 and 10 on the season. They will host Arkansas Little Rock. This weekend at the Teague, Thursday at 6, Friday at 6, Saturday at 4. Arkansas Little Rock 23 and 24 on the season, 10 and 6 in the Sun Belt. And this is a record that's going to benefit the Cajuns dramatically. They're 3 and 13 away from home. Going through their schedule, you know, no really notable wins. On their schedule, they hung with Arkansas earlier in the season. But then, again, like I said, really, unless you want to say Louisiana Tech, who's had a down year, they caught Louisiana Tech 8-7 to a couple weeks ago. They got Georgia Southern on a Saturday over the weekend. But again, nothing, nothing really notable. They're fighting for an opportunity in the postseason, they're going to have to do it at the Sunbelt Conference Tournament next weekend in Montgomery. But if you look at their statistics, they've got a couple of bright spots. You know, Canyon McWilliams is their leading hitter. Got a 382 batting average, 68 base hits, 13 doubles, 2 triples, 10 homers, 48 RBIs, slugging percentage of 646. And then Noah Dickerson, he's been around for a while, a 355 batting average with 17 doubles on the season, 10 home runs as well, and 42 RBIs with a slugging percentage of 651. The longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker, joins us. Jay, what's going on? Well, I want you to know I must like you an awful lot because I actually walked away from watching Dodgers baseball to talk to you. Well, I feel special, Jay. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. So, what? You know, I kind of ran through the the Cajuns game last night, the six to one win. But from from your eye in the sky, if you will, what did what did you see at the Teague last night? I saw I saw a pitching staff throw a two hitter. Um, I thought, you know, I thought the I thought the pitching was really the story of the game. You know, Austin Perrin was uh, was just super in the three innings that he worked and. You know they got Jeff Wilson a little work because he had, he didn't have a very long outing uh, on Sunday, 
and then uh, turn things over to Menard, who uh, who did a great job as well. You know, offensively, they didn't get much done early, and I really wasn't all that surprised given, you know, the, the long road trip and the disappointment and all the rest of that stuff. So it took them a while to get on track. wasn't a shock. Um, but I, but uh, And it was nice, nice to see Will Vail make a statement and, and Matt Deggs, uh, after the game, you know, said the statement was for him, put me in the damn lineup. So um, that was pretty cool, too. But, no, but it, it really was a night that belonged to the pitchers. Yeah, that and that's kind of what I touched on. You know, Wilson, Chipper Menard, and Austin Perrin just really having excellent nights on the mound. And then the offense came in late to kind of back them up. And now, you know, you look ahead to your final Sunbelt series of the season, a three-game set with Arkansas Little Rock. Little Rock's struggling a little bit this year, but they've still got some of those same weapons that they've had in the past, especially Noah Dickerson and Hayden Arnold. What can you tell us about the Trojans? Well, Hayden Arnold's going to give him a chance to win every time he goes out there. I mean, this guy was a Sunbelt Conference Pitcher of the Year last year. Um, so he's going to give him a chance. Uh, Noah Dickerson, you're right. Uh, they've got a guy named Canyon McWilliams, who's a newcomer this year, who's hitting about 380 on the season. Look, this Little Rock team is very capable of scoring runs. Um, they've got a pretty potent lineup, and they've got some abilities there. Their problem is on the bump, because after Arnold and their closer, Sawyer Smallwood, they don't have a whole lot after that, and uh, that's been the, the biggest issue. But to have as few good pitchers as they do and still be in a, in a position to where, you know, you're going to make the conference tournament and you're going to have a, a chance to go. I mean, they've got 10 conference wins, so it's not like they're a bunch of plugs. The other thing that's been a problem for Little Rock has been playing away from home. Now, they won last night against Central Arkansas, but that's only their third road win the entire season. They've been really, really good at home this year, but uh, not so good on the road. And that's uh, you know, we'll we'll see how they do uh, how they do this weekend. Uh, but but this is a team that can swing it a little bit, and I think the Cajuns have to be aware of that. Now, Jay, see, looking at the standings for the Sun Belt, looking at the RPI, where do you see the Cajuns finish? And obviously, this this weekend's going to determine a lot, right? But as it stands now, where do you see the Cajuns sitting in the Sun Belt tournament? Well, I, I think they're going to be the four seed. Um, They've got a game lead on South Alabama plus the tiebreaker in the 4-5 uh, spot, and I don't think they're going to catch Coastal Carolina because uh, Coastal's probably playing the best baseball of anybody in the league right now. So I, accept, uh, I expect them to be the, the four seed, and the question is who's going to be the five because South Alabama has to go to Conway this weekend to, uh, to play Coastal, and then you have Georgia State right behind them, but they're hosting Texas State this weekend. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen in those series. I do expect the Cajuns, though, to be the four seed. Chatting with Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Cajuns. Jay, you know, you talked about Will Veyon making a statement last night with his two home runs. How, how big is it to, to get another bat hot at this point of the year? Uh, certainly nothing wrong with it. You know, that, that spot in the lineup is one that um, – you know, has kind of been the one question mark in this team ever since Bayon hurt his hand and and uh, and then his his batting average started to to go way down. Uh, you know, they've tried Connor Higgs in the left field. They've put Rockefort back in the outfield. Played Jonathan Brandon 
um, at first base. You know, it, it's the one the one spot in the batting order that's been a question. I I don't think there's any question that Thursday you're going to see Bayon's name in the lineup. I'll be shocked if you don't, uh, because he you know he, he did something very nice uh, in, in in the last ball game. But no, it is you know if you can have just one more spot in your lineup filled with someone who's dependable, you know now you're talking about eight guys, and then your only question is at second base where. You know, Rinconis is great defensively, but he's hitting the buck seventy, and and Lede has shown some signs, and at the same time is a little bit consistent offensively. So, uh, you know, I I think if if Bayon takes care of that spot in the lineup, now you got eight out of nine taken care of, and that's pretty good. Now, the the other thing I wanted to touch on with you, Jay, is with the Sun Belt Conference tournament, in order to win it, you're going to need a fourth starter. You've got Brandon Talley, you've got Jeff Wilson, you've got Jacob Schultz. Who do you turn to in that fourth role? Well, you, you, you turn to their roommate. You know, they got four guys that room together. You know, Schultz, Talley, uh, Wilson, and Austin Perrin all live together. Uh, Austin Perrin is a senior. Um, and, and look, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind, although he didn't come out and say it, that last night was Austin Perrin's audition to be that fourth starter, and he passed it with flying colors. Here's the other thing, though, Matt, that and, and fans are going to kind of scratch their head maybe a little bit this weekend. If you're going to get through the conference tournament, you're going to have to throw guys multiple times. And so don't be surprised if in this series against Little Rock, you see... Uh, Matt Deggs go with a much lower pitch count for the three starters because those guys may have to pitch more than once in the tournament, once as a starter and then maybe once or twice out of the bullpen. So because of the fact that the Cajuns' uh, pitching depth has been in question a little bit because of a lack of consistency, don't be surprised if you see him pull starters early this weekend because they may have to pitch multiple times next week. So you could see this weekend being more of like bullpen games? Well, you know, I don't know about that. I'm going to say, I, I watch the pitch counts is what I'm going to say. Because, you know, we've stretched them out to where, you know, Tally threw 100 in his last outing. Uh, Schultz was 109 in his last outing. We've seen Wilson go 120. Don't be surprised if after about 60 pitches or so, you see Matt Deggs make a move. Um, I don't know that he's going to do that. But with, you know, look, here are some things we know. The Cajuns are probably going to be the four seed. Okay, the other thing we know is they're going to have to win the tournament in order to get into the NCAAs. So I think that this weekend you're going to see Matt Deggs start to manage this team to win a tournament. Longtime voice of the Cajuns, Jay Walker. Jay, I got one more for you. Talk to me about the Cajuns softball regional. What are your What are your thoughts on the regional? Um, you know, I'm okay with all of this, and and let me tell you why. If if the Cajuns were a two seed, they'd probably be in Tuscaloosa. Um, I'd rather not be in Tuscaloosa. Right. By being the three seed, two things happen. First of all. You're not, you're not in SEC country for that. And, and, and look, 
psychologically, there's a little thing there about the SEC. You know, Clemson's really good, but the name is not as intimidating from the standpoint of it's not Alabama, it's not Arkansas, it's not it's not a team from the Southeastern Conference. Now, you're going to play Auburn in the first round, um, but Auburn's not Alabama. They both, they're in the same state, and that's about it. So I think from a psychological standpoint, that works okay. Um, you know, I, I really don't have an issue with them being a three-seed um, because, like I said, I think if they were a two-seed, they'd, they'd probably be in Tuscaloosa, and I'd, I'd, I'd just rather not. So I'm okay with this. Um, you know, the big question here is you've got so many young women that have never been on this stage before, and how they respond to that is going to have a lot to do with how they do in this regional. They've grown up a lot this year. But now you're asking them to take another step in their maturity and if and to use the old slogan, act like you've been there before and play like you've been there before. That's not an easy thing to do, especially when you start as many as six or seven freshmen. I'll be interested to see how they handle the limelight this weekend. Jay Walker, I appreciate you taking the time, and I know that you stepped away from your Dodgers game, so I'll provide you with a little update. Uh, the Diamondbacks had the bases loaded with nobody out, and Walker Bueller got him out of the jam. So, well, and and you know, consider you know they're playing six sixty seven baseball right now, Matt, and that's not bad when you consider that if you combine Justin Turner and Max Muncy's batting average together, it's not as good as Carson Rockefeller. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Yep. Mm-hmm. Jay Walker, really appreciate you taking the time, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, brother. Bye-bye. We'll take a time out, and when we return, we will talk a little bit of LSU baseball and wrap up today's show. Crunch time with me, guys, and Mesh on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. May 18, 2001, 101-year-old Harold Stilson becomes the oldest golfer to record a hole-in-one when he aces the 108-yard par-3 16th hole at Deerfield Country Club in Florida. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with ride tickets for the Cage Heartland State Fair at the Cage Dome, May 26th through June 5th. Text CHSF to 68683 to win a family four-pack of ride tickets to the Cajun Heartland State Fair. That's CHSF to 68683 to once again win a family four-pack of ride tickets to the Cajun Heartland State Fair. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Go, go. Fun, fun. Go, go. Yeah. Okay. Last night, LSU hosted Northwestern State at the box, and it got ugly, and it got ugly quickly. 19-7 to in seven innings. LSU getting three in the first, five in the second, one in the third, two in the fourth, one in the fifth, seven in the sixth on 11 hits. Northwestern State getting one in the first, five in the third, and then adding one in the seventh on seven hits. Some scoring plays of note. Tyler McManus had a pretty good night. Braden Jobert homered twice. 
Hayden Travinsky also getting a homer. You've got Trey Morgan with a RBI walk, an RBI and two RBI singles. Northwestern got a homer from Jeffrey Elkins. LSU kind of spread the love last night. If you look at it, you know, Doty gets a RBI on a throwing error. McManus with an RBI ground out. Cruz with a single. Morgan with a single. Jobert with an RBI fly out. They they spread the love around. Travinsky, like I said, it, it was a good night for LSU offense. They used a lot of arms as well. Six pitchers coming to the pitcher's mound. Bryce Collins going to complete, giving up three runs, three walks, three strikeouts. Paul Gervais getting the win with one and a third, one hit, one walk, three strikeouts. Trent Vittmeyer getting two Ks in an inning and two-thirds. Trey Schaefer, Devin Fontenot, and Samuel Dutton also coming to the mound as well. Really appreciate Jay Walker taking the time away from his beloved Dodgers to hang out with us and talk some Cajuns before their big weekend series. I'm making a quick change. Okay. Mavs. Mavs? All right. Lucas, Lucas scoring 50. He's got he's got the maps tonight. Okay, I'm, Lu- I'm Lu- down. Lucas scoring fifty. I just saw him slam some brutskis with Boban. Yeah, you saw that, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm about it. I'm about it. Um, also, congrats to Jared Leger for winning two tickets to Downtown Rising. The correct answer was Gary Email in 1991. For the producer extraordinaire James Mesh, I am Matt Miguez saying, "Be safe. Be well. Hug your mom and them." Tomorrow is Thursday. We got another fun show for you here, Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Astros baseball is next.